0: Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So this morning uh, this evening, we're starting a series which is called This Is Us. This is going to be a three-week series, as you can note there at the bottom. It says Connected, Serving, and United. And I'm going to touch this evening on the first um, topic, which is connected. So we're going to talk about What does it mean to be connected? So if this is us, we who are sitting here, what does it mean that we come together and are connected? And this message might not be, I don't want to, how can I put this? It might not be something that would blow your mind. Like I just want to prepare your expectations. Right? Maybe you came from last week, And you're expecting something like this. I don't think it's going to be this. I want to just give a simple truth of what it means to be connected to God's family. Because there's certain things that happens and what it should look like. And what I'm very aware of as we go into this message that as many of us, that we have never studied scripture on the definition of spiritual family. You have been defined by culture or you've been defined by traditions, and therefore church, you have formed your image of church in your own mind, but you will not with certainty know or not know whether you're aligning with the Word of God. You'll know, because you've always attended church, and you always come to church, but you'll never know, is this really what church is about? So if if this is what we're doing, is this what church is? And what is church? And so we're going to open our Bibles, if you have it over your phone, for the digital age, all of us should have phones. You can't be reading from hard paper anymore. I'm joking. So open your phones, open your Bible, so follow on the screen, and we're going to open in Ephesians 2 verse um, 11 to 22. And it reads as follows: "Therefore, remember that at one time, you, you, that one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision." by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at, at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of, of promise, having no hope and without God in us, in, in us made us both one and has broken down the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once off, uh, f- uh, you who once off were f- but now in you know how many times I read this, I can't believe this. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who who in his flesh and the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing the law of of, the, of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And might reconcile us both to God, one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. And He came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through Him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and Christ Jesus Himself, being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In Him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Amen. So first thing we need to note as we go into this is that there was a time where we were disconnected. So if you started with the scripture, it says there was a time where we were once, we were far off. We were distant. We were were alienated. We were strangers to this thing. So there was a time that we were disconnected. And then verse 13 comes and it says, now you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now you've been connected by the blood of Christ. So there's this. There's this time we all need to face where we are disconnected and there's this time where we want to become connected to what God um, is doing. But before we look at what does it mean to be connected, what it looked like, we need to answer the question, how do we get connected? So maybe you can just go previous slide. Let me just find that one. The previous slide, verse 13, just go one back. So how do we get connected? It says in verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So once you were far off, now you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. How many of you say this? I gave my life to Christ. I joined the church. I surrendered my life. Not that there's so much wrong with it. But I want to challenge you on this point. Matthew 11 verse 27. I don't think I included this. Just So just hear me out. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son and to whom He chooses to reveal Himself. The important part is that last part. To whom He chooses to reveal Himself. So if you came to a point of salvation, it's because Jesus already in the background chose to to allow you to choose Him. And that's something we got to note. Because that brings a different privilege and gratefulness into our hearts. Because sometimes when we are to say, I surrendered, you know, this is how I lived. Oh, this is how bad I was. And then I came and I surrendered. You know, you never surrendered. Jesus himself came and started to reveal himself to you and gave you the ability to surrender. And the same when it comes, when we were far off and now being connected, when it comes to the church, we don't join the church. It's by the blood of Jesus It's by him that he was, he he, he revealed himself that you have the privilege to sit here this evening. So, too often we go and we join churches and we join this and we, because the moment you start joining things, you'll start defining things. If you join, you'll place your expectations on it. I joined this church because they meet certain criteria. But if you understand that the blood of Jesus, Bought you into this, you'll submit to whatever, however it's defined, and that is a big thing that we need to grapple with. And I want to tell you, I am preaching a biblical truth here: that we we cannot come to church and try to define it. It is defined. Jesus defined it. All we do is we get added to it. So when you come here, when you go to church, or when you're looking for a church, if you're not settled yet. Know that there's something that has to happen, like that scripture says, to whom God chose us to reveal Himself that you can't do. You got to come to a place to say, God, you need to add me to this. You need to put me to this because I've joined myself too many times and it disappointed me every time. And so we need to understand that because the moment, like I said, The moment we join things or almost think we gave our lives to Christ, you'll start defining what that should look like. And you'll not live from a place of gratefulness. Oh, Lord, I I don't care what it looks like. The fact that you brought me into this, I'm grateful. God, if if you said all white people should stand on their heads when they come into a Sunday service, I'll do that because I'm grateful that you brought me into this. Whether it's uncomfortable for me or not, I'll do it. Imagine Jesus said that. All white people, stand on your head when you come into church. When you worship, worship on your head. But the fact that Jesus bought us by the blood of Jesus would prevent me from trying to define what He defined the church to be. And so the moment you understand the purpose of church, the moment you understand what you're connected to, you'll have direction. Maybe... Is there more banners we can put up for the guys on this side? If you guys can just help me. Sorry. Just more. Just get a banner at the back to, to prevent more sun. Thank you. So the moment we, we understand the purpose of the church, let's refocus. The moment we understand the purpose of the church, we will have direction. You'll understand why the church is there. Why is it established? Because you've got to understand marriage, the church, and governance is the three things made by God. Not by the human hand. This is something, there's many things we made and we came up with. Always, always try to make, allow God to find. But there were three things God instituted. He made it. And He defined it. So the moment we understand the purpose, we have direction, you will have clarity and you will have focus. You will have clear, you will have no external expectations. So the moment there's clarity around what does it mean to be connected... You'll not face so much disappointments because you won't expect this and get this. You won't have that. So this evening, from this scripture, I want to reveal to us three places or three groups, however you might word it, that I believe is essential for your walk in God and you need to be connected to it. And it's not an either or group. All three of these are essential to your walk with God. And the moment you skip one, it will have uh, uh, effects on the other or on your walk with Christ. And the moment you choose this and not this, you'll have consequences to your walk with Jesus. And so let me show us three places. That's why I say this message might have come across very uh, simple, but the moment you embrace what God established and what God wants to, you, to connect you to, you'll actually. Uh, walk, uh, 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 a good uh, a Christian walk. So the first one, what does God connect us to? What does God connect us to? So then you are no longer what? Strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So the first thing that we note is we're no longer strangers and aliens, but we are fellow Citizens with the saints. So, by the blood of Jesus, you're no longer a stranger nor an alien. You became a citizen with the saints. And so, because when we look to when God added something when we when we look at the word church, let me go for there for a moment. When we look at the word church, the word church means assembly of people. That's what the church means. If you ever read church in the Bible, it means people. It speaks about people. And so, scriptural ignorance and traditional misconceptions have often made you think of church as a worship service, a religious organization. And this is the the ideas that you have in your mind. So, when you come to a church meeting, you'll say, I'm going to church. And this is misconceptions because the church is an assembly of the people. The church is instead a spiritual family united honor God. That's what the church is. The church is a spiritual family. Think of your natural family. It's chaos at times. Spiritual family is a, is a, a the church is a spiritual family united. What does it mean to be united? It means to be one, to honor for this one thing is the honor of God. So it says we're no longer strangers. We're no longer aliens. We are citizens. A citizen has a different, almost, I think, just pro- like, like privilege. So if you think of me and you, so I'm a foreigner. I'm a foreigner in Namibia. Many of you are citizens of Namibia. There's a greater privilege you hold. There's greater access you have than me. When I go to home affairs, I don't go to the big one. Go to the small one. We go to this small place where we struggle to get help and struggle to get our papers approved. And that's where we are, because we're foreigners, we have limited access. When, we, when, we, when you get married in Namibia, you just go to the court or get a pass and you get married. We go through a rigorous process of questions. How did you meet? Why did you meet? Does your parents know one another? And so that, that's, we sit with this and then they chase you the first time, they chased us. And then my wife, my wife told me, I told you we shouldn't go so early, you know. Because the guy chased us and said all our things are not in order. But there was a mistake on their side. But there's this different privileges that we carry. So I'm an alien. I'm a stranger in Namibia while you're a citizen. And there's this difference between the two of us. But what makes up Namibia? It's the people. It's the citizens. It's the citizens that makes the people. So the moment we say we are connected to the church, you're connected to a people, not a place. So the moment you go to the next one. So the moment you say you're connected to the church, you're connected to people, not a place. It says to you, uh, in 1 Peter 2 verse 5, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as, spiritual, as, as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable through Jesus Christ. So you're, you're like living stones. So all of us sitting here, you're like living stones. These, imagine these stones, if it wasn't plastered. There's all these stones that are connected. And it says we as the church are like living stones. But there's many of us that are disconnected. We're lying alone. We're lying here. All these stones, can you see it makes up a beautiful place? But if you just walk out, just outside of this window, it's just a bunch of uh, bricks on one another, which makes up nothing, because they're not connected in a way. That makes something beautiful. But God connects us. And the moment you join us, He connects us. Because the moment the church becomes a place. If I go to a restaurant, which is a place, I'm disconnected. I don't care about the people who sit around me. I'm disconnected from the relationships. But the moment it's about a people, it's different. So when you think of the church, here's what you got to think. When you think of the church, you got to think of people. If you're connected to every nation, you've got to think, I'm connected to people. You're not connected to a building, or a place, so not a certain place. So let's say we close this building down and we move. Let's say, for the instance, we have church right in the parking lot. The church is there. This place does not uh, 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 give qualification for the church. It's us as the people. So we can all say, take your chair, go to the parking lot, park the cars inside of the building, and the church is there. So the the, the people make up the church. The second thing is when you are connected to the church, you are connected to a body, not a building. When you're connected to the church, you're connected to a body, not a building. From when the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly. Makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And if you wonder what is love, go listen to last week's message. But here's what a body does. The body builds itself up as each part does its work. The place or the building does not form the family. The people do. So when you come to church, this is what you've got to have in mind. When you say, I'm going to the 6 p.m. service, you're thinking of all the people that you're coming to worship God with. You're not coming to a specific place. We could have held it anywhere else, but what you're connected to is one another. And that makes up the church. So where the place or the building does not bring encouragement to one another, the people do. So how do we encourage one another? No, the walls will do that. No, this because we're in this venue, we'll be encouraged. No, we as the people bring that encouragement to one another. The place or the building does not fuel our passion for Jesus. We do. This place will not get you more excited about Jesus, nor this building. You know what, Will? If we live lives that just honors God. It will fuel your passion for Jesus. It's the people that brings our passion out for Jesus. The place or the building will not protect us. The people do. We protect each other. You know what? I know I'm going to go to church because this place and this building, it will just protect my heart this evening. No, it won't. Your brothers and your sisters is going to help you. We are connected. So the place or the building does not help us to be more productive. The people do. The place, this place and this building doesn't set up the chairs. We do. This place and this building does not pack those cups at the back. People do. So whenever you think of the church, whenever you imagine it in your head, you've got to think of people. Therefore, I want to encourage you to not be a, which we'll call a lone ranger or an independent person at the church. Because it's not possible. If I wish I had a brick, a bunch of stones, and then if we have to build a wall here and we put one brick on that side, many of us look at church like that. I know there's this body, but I'm just here on the edge. And I just like looking at them. But God actually wants you as a living stone to connect you to this body. God wants to connect you to this body. So when you think of the church. The first thing God has is, is citizens. It's the big group. But then it goes on and it says, um, You are members of the household. That's different. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. So here's what God does believe it or not, but God in a household. Who of, you are, who of you in your household It's as big as, this, as all of us together? If you go home right now, you're going to go home to another 60 or 70 people. It's few of us. But if you go home, you're probably going to go home to about five people. Four people. Six people. I don't know what's at most. Ten at most. I don't know what. But there's, there's a smaller group that you go home to. And that's why so God adds us to the church, so we're citizens, we're part of this big group, but He puts us in a household. He connects us to smaller groups, which we in our church call connect groups. So as you're part of this big group and we worship together on Sunday, God joins you to smaller groups, which is essential for your walk. And I'm going to show you, we're going to look at an example of Jesus. But it's an essential to He adds you to these smaller groups where, 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 where you get taught where you get helped how to connect with God. How to connect to spiritual family. How to connect to the world. And I don't know if you have ever read through the Gospels. Correct me if I'm wrong here. But Matthew 5 verse 1 to 2. that I included, that I not? Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. What did he do? He opened his mouth and he taught them, saying. So here's the crowds. And now he's moving into the smaller group of 12. Where God wants us. And he opens his mouth and taught. If you look at the gospels. Jesus never performed a sign in his small groups. He never did it. Some of you expect it. It won't happen. Because it was in the bigger group. It was when we ministered. It was when they went out from the smaller group. Because in the smaller group you get taught how to walk with God. Every time he was with the small group he taught them. He taught them principles. In, in this specific, this is the first sermon Jesus preached, the Sermon on the Mount. Spoke about anger, spoke about divorce, spoke about this. He spoke about this, love your enemies. So Jesus was teaching the smaller group now, apart from the bigger group, how to follow him. How to connect with him. How to, how to, what, what, what is spiritual family? What does it look like? Oh, you've got to love the world. You've got to love your enemies. We've got to be out there as well, being mindful of those who are not with us yet. So God adds us to this group. But skip this group, there's a gap in your spiritual walk. Because there's a place where you need to be taught one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three, one-on-twelve. This is how we follow God. This is what God is saying. This is what does it means to be part of this family. This is what it means to connect to the world. Let's connect to the world. Let's go out and perform signs. Let's go out and perform miracles. Let's trust God to preach the gospel. But it comes from that smaller group that God adds us all to and we have a familiar saying that in our small groups is we are come together where we want to follow Jesus, we want to fish for people, we want to fellowship with one another. So God adds us to this big group, but then he puts us in this household. He puts us and you see it in the disciples there's a there's a there's a scripture that says and they went to the temple or they went to the synagogues and after that they went to their homes. They went to the homes and they broke bread and had communion. They were together in smaller groups. And so God adds us to the big group, but God adds us also to the smaller group, which you need to be part of. And I believe, as I'm going to close with the uh, second last point, or with the last point before I go to conclusion, this middle group, this small group, is the connection to your spiritual family, and the last point, which will be your intimacy with God. This is the place that you'll get it. You know why? Because this is a place where you're in a smaller group in your household. And where they look at you and say, so you're still staying connected to family. You know, how's your time with God look like? No one is asking you in this setting, what's your time with God look like? There's no accountability here. Going to a smaller group, it looks different. No one here is concerned about that. No one here is concerned about are you in a small group, which we should be. God adds us to these things for a reason. And then the last part, before I close, is as members of the household. So it says again, so then you are no longer citizens, strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And here I want us to follow the, 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 the image of Jesus, the picture of Jesus in the next scripture. Go to the next one. It says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed, went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. So here's this last group God connects us to. So God connects us to this spiritual family. God connects us to the smaller group where it's just you and a few people. But then God says, You've got to be connected one on one with me. You've got to connect with me. And we look at Jesus. Imagine Jesus walking with the crowds. Jesus walking with the twelve. He was probably here in a room with other people. And He said, you know what? Let me get out. Let me go to a desolate place. Who of you wake up while it's still dark to go out and spend time with Jesus? It says, while it was still dark, He departed. He left where He was ever. Went out to a desolate place. And there He prayed. There He prayed. Jesus connected with the bigger group. Jesus connected to the smaller group, but Jesus connected to the Father. And all three of these groups is essential to your walk. If you say, this is us, this is who we are, you've got to say, what I am, I'm part of the big, I'm part of the citizens, I'm part of the saints. But then i got the small group that's helping, they're teaching me, they're helping me to be effective and to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. But then again, oh man, I'm just encountering Jesus in my private time. And all three of these are essential to your walk with God. But here's a reality. Here's a reality. Many of you are sustained by this, 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 this gathering. Many of you are sustained by events. You're sustained by this, trying to be sustained by the smaller groups. And it won't, it won't last to the effects that you, you're truly battling with this last point. I guarantee you, there are many of you struggling with your one on one time with God. And that's exactly what I had in my heart through worship is that God wants to come and establish an eternal value that you will seek after. Him. Many of you, I guarantee you, are inconsistent with meeting the Father on a daily basis. Many of us. And you know what is the war? It's desires. What do you desire most? What do you want most? What would you fill? Our heart is all about desires. It's here. It's all about desires. Do you desire Netflix. Do you Sire Matthew, the first book of the gospel? What do you desire? What do you desire? Sometimes I got to check in them in my house. Because we also have Netflix and the thing is playing for a bit too long. And I need to find out if you're going to check in to the gospels. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But this is an important part to your walk with God. And you need to find a place where you have deep satisfaction in Jesus with this intimate part. And here's crucial points out of this. It says he rose early, went to a place where he could be alone. I want you to, whatever that may cost you, I want to tell you it's worth it. If you're living with people and it's struggling to be alone, I want to ask you to give your best shot at making a way. Because it's going to be worth it when you meet Jesus alone. It's going to be worth it. I want, to, I want to encourage you to be like Jesus here. Go out and pray. Go out and spend time with your Father. And I said this in the last Sunday when I opened, when I, again, what I sensed in my heart. There are many of us, like, you know, we're sitting here and we, we, we read our Bibles. But there's this part where you've got to come and you plead with the Lord and say, God, man, I understand the gospel. I understand why Matthew wrote it. I understand all of this. But there's something that you need to come and do and you reveal to me. There's a part of Scripture that you cannot do by studying, it cannot be revealed to you. You need to come to a point where you say, God, I'm so dependent, you need to show me a simple truth here. You need to show me a simple truth. And when it comes to this intimate time with God, I want to encourage you as you read scripture. And if you read through a whole chapter, whatever your plan may be, may you find one thing that leaps off the pages a bit more than others. May you stick to that. Sit with that for the day. Preach that to yourself, into your mind, until your heart sings of it. Until your heart is just filled with it. So sometimes I know it's good to read and I encourage to read. Um, I'm I'm myself on this plan of reading the Bible through a year. And and sometimes it's discouraging because I'm just reading and reading and reading. But now I've also tried to apply to find this one simple truth and say, God, can I hold on that for the day? I still complete my reading, but there's this one thing that stood out a bit more than the others. And I go and read about that and find out a bit more about that. And I want to encourage you to do that. And then what you do is you live with that. You keep to that. You hold to that. And you make that into your mind and you preach it to yourself. No one will know you. No one knows whether you came in with a conclusion or came in with an intro and you did a conclusion. Just preach it to yourself. No one is going to care how you speak. Just preach it. God, your truth said, I saw. Lord, help me to go to a desolate place. God, make a way for me. Keep it in me. God, I want to pray. I want to connect the same way you connected to the Father. I thank you for that access to your blood. And you keep preaching and praying, and this thing sinks into your heart, and it becomes a truth into your life. May you not make Bible reading this difficult thing. But just find yourself, open a book, and I encourage. Not to read randomly. And the reason is because you never get through scripture. You never understand the big picture. But if you open a book. Open the book of Mark. It's the best place to start. It's a summary of the book of Matthew. Short. Full of action. Read the book of Mark. And then you find these truths. And you hold on to them. In your intimate time. With God. And so here I want to conclude. I believe. That the only way. We can follow Jesus effectively if we are not connected to one, or, one, or, one of those groups or this group or that group. But all three is essential to your walk with God. All three is going to be essential. And I guarantee you Sundays is, have become so accustomed. It's simple to be here. Your fight is in your quiet time. Your fight is to, to make time through the week to meet with your brothers and sisters. So that you can be taught how to follow God. How to reach the world. And what it means to fellowship with believers. Your fight is going to be there. Your fight is going to be when you get home from here. And if you have not read for the day. To put your tiredness aside and meet God. Say God I want to meet you. I want to be with you. And so when God connects us. He connects us to the saints. He connects us to the smaller group. But he also wants to connect with you. One on one with him. And this is essential to your walk with Jesus. And I want to encourage you that if you're not like i said the middle group which is this which we call connect groups if you're not connected there i want to ask you i want to encourage you to get connected man we have connecting uh, things right at the back at the info table every sunday connect there there's connecting forms right there today connect there with someone write your name let's get you connected let's help you to one day stand before the throne of god saying this lord i ran the race that you have set out for me I was connected with my brothers. We worshipped you together. Oh God, we fought together. I was here, God. I was taught. And when I was taught, I helped others. I taught others. And I met you privately. And once again, I want to conclude. I have been concluding. But when it comes to that intimate time, I am so pressed in my heart. I know I need to close. But with your small group and your intimate time, those are your two wrestle points. I guarantee you. Most of you are sitting, you are wrestling with these two. I don't have time to connect. No, you don't, you don't, you don't, I don't want to be too harsh, but it's not like you don't have time. You don't make time. It's a value thing. When we value our time with God, we'll do whatever it takes to be with Him. And here's the thing, what I love about is it's many times a war. It's many times a war. Sometimes I think we want to come and we want to meet God and we think it's, it's all this fluffy and just floating in the air. And it's so easy to step into. I guarantee you in the long run, in your walk with God, there's times you're going to fight for that time. There's times where you need to wrestle through what life has offered you. My greatest challenge came when battles came. I struggled to approach God. Because I had this anxiety that comes upon me and this, this almost this self-reliant, I want to fix it. But it's then when I needed to go and meet God one-on-one. Connect with Him there. It's then when I needed to stay connected to my small group. It's then when I needed to keep leading. It's then when I needed to come to worship with the saints. And there is such a significant. There's something that happens in our hearts when we connect on these three places. That you might not even know about. And yes, I, I want to. Yeah, let's stand. Let's stand and then I pray for us. Let's stand and I pray for us. So if you're not connected, I want, you to, I want to encourage you to sign up. If you're not connected to a connect group, if you don't know what it is, ask me or ask Rana who did the transitioning. One of us will explain it to you. Um, or ask any other leader. They all should know. If they don't know, tell them, why don't you know? Ask them, why don't you know? But I want to encourage you. And So let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you, God. Father, I know this was a simple message that, I, that you wanted to speak to your people this evening, God. God, nothing that will maybe perhaps stir any motion tonight. But Lord, I know your spirit is at work, God. And Father, I pray that you create a, a, a thankfulness, a gratitude in our hearts of the fact that you added us to the saints. That you made us citizens of your kingdom, God. And Lord, oh, how great is the access and what is available to us. Just the fact that we're children of you, God, is beyond measure, Lord. It's beyond what our mind can comprehend the mercies, the compassion, the blessing, the provision, the effectiveness, the the fruitfulness that you have available for us. And Lord, I pray this evening, God, that we will stay connected. We'll stay connected to one another. When we come to worship, we're thinking of worshiping with our brothers and sisters. God, I pray for those who are standing here and are not connected. Lord, I pray that you'll come and meet them because, God, you want to help them to grow In their relationship with you. God, you're concerned about their growth. And you want to get them connected to a small group. God, and I pray for those who are battling. Who are fighting with their intimate time with you, God. They're struggling to wake up early. Or they're struggling to meet you, God. They feel like there's no breakthrough. God, I pray that you come and meet them, God. I pray that they will not stop reading and praying. And asking, God, can you reveal yourself in your scripture to me? I want to see you. Make things known to me that I've never seen before. And Lord, I pray that we will be a people that lives united and living for the honor of your name. Father, I pray that every person here, Lord, that your hand will be upon them, Lord. God, you know every wrestle, every battle, everything that every person is going through, God. And we rely on your strength. God, I pray that this strength will not be a distant concept, but the reality in every person's life. Your sustaining grace is with us. And so, Lord, keep us connected. Keep us fighting for one another. God, I pray that we keep on encouraging one another to get into connect groups. How is our time with the Lord? What's the Lord saying? Help us to build one another up, God, in love. And so the body can also be built up. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.